Welcome back, listeners. So we just finished wrapping up our talk about the 2019 crop. Now, we obviously want to point out the fact that we still have a lot of folks working on getting this crop out of the ground. Certainly been another challenging year. But we also want to make sure that we're shifting our focus to the 2020 crop and some of the key things we want to make sure we're doing to set ourselves up a little bit more positively as we roll into the 2020 planting season. And I think one of the hot topics right now, Josh, is just fall fertilizer, some of the weather challenges we have, whether it be the frozen ground, snow-covered acres. What are some things you want to take a look at there with some of these frozen ground applications? Yeah, so it's been a common question here the last couple of weeks, is especially as we've gotten cold and we've got some snow on the ground, is you know, we look at our fall PNK and maybe some lime applications. What are some things we want to be looking at? And I'll probably kind of take these one by one, kind of starting with our our potassium and looking at some potash applications. Uh, certainly we can do these applications on frozen ground alley, you know, um, from a standpoint of keeping the fertilizer there and in the ground, it shouldn't be a, a big issue. The one watch out anytime you're doing some frozen ground applications would be, are we on frozen ground and do we got some heavy rain, potential of rain coming? Not so much snow, but is there a chance that we could get, you know, an inch of rain on some frozen grounds? It could lead to some surface runoff or water movement across that frozen soil and maybe taking some of those, those fall uh, nutrients and applications with it. Uh, potassium, you know, not a big concern on that. And certainly uh, as we roll into looking at some other, you know, nutrients, we may want to take a bigger consideration, but certainly in most cases, if we have some frozen ground, I'm not going to worry about making some potash applications. Kind of the same for lime. Uh, if we do got to look, make some lime applications. Um, not a lot of concerns there. I've done many years where you're maybe putting some lime over a little bit of snow if the conditions are fit or on some frozen ground. And in most cases, we're not going to really have a huge risk, uh, again, as long as we're not getting some heavy rains. Phosphorus, on the other hand, if we're looking at some MAP or DAP, uh, certainly, in my opinion, when we're applying phosphorus, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of nitrogen with that too. You know, I would much rather see if we're going to do some fall application of phosphorus that we get it incorporated, you know, get it on the corn stalks, get it fall fall worked and in there and certainly from a stewardship standpoint if we're applying phosphorus you know we've probably got more of a water quality issue if we have phosphorus running off into waters you know it's on frozen ground so that one you know maybe we take a little bit of a step back and say hey you know maybe we can get our fall potash down you know take a look at that but maybe if we're concerned about phosphorus maybe that's something we'd we'd pair that with some urea or make an extra trip in the spring um, if that's something that might be a better fit you know, one other question you get quite a bit is how to manage sulfur in the fall. You know, sometimes we may have a lot of growers that are utilizing some fall anhydrous. You know, maybe they're spreading some elemental sulfur with uh, the P and K in the fall. And certainly from a frozen ground standpoint, an elemental sulfur application is not going to be a huge risk either. You know, one question I get a lot of, Allie, is around should we be applying ammonium sulfate AMS in the fall? And that's probably something, you know, we talk about quite a bit. You know, we got a pretty good shot of nitrogen in that. And being that both nutrients are kind of um, very readily leachable and things like that. That's something I would much rather see all those applications go into the spring. However, you know, elemental is still a really good fit in the fall to get that out there and incorporated. And it kind of helps maybe that that breakdown or oxidation process we need in the spring, you know, to get that release to work a little better. But it, I'd say in most cases in Southeast Minnesota, Alley, we really want to try to avoid that fall AMS if at all possible and try to make that a spring application so that we're getting better, better utilization and maybe reducing the risk um, of some leaching loss along the way. But those are a few things uh, you might want to consider as we're looking at some fall applications uh, yet this fall. And uh, certainly I think there's still going to be some windows to do some here in uh, the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for walking through that. Always want to make sure we're helping folks make, make the most of their time. I think another thing that goes along with these applications as we look at, we had some 
big corn yields this year maybe exceeded expectations, and then we had some of those acres, um, we had yields that were lower than expected. So how can we accurately figure out some of those crop removal rates as we look to make these applications across these acres? Yeah, and certainly with that range uh, of yields, you know, even just looking at some, you know, some of the replicated plot data, you know, there's some corn that's yielding in the 160s and 70s, and there's some yield checks that are up there, you know, north of 250 bushel an acre. And definitely that has a huge impact on how much, you know, P and K removal are we taking from these fields. And it's probably something that um, sometimes gets overlooked a little bit, Allie, when we look at it is, is really taking, you know, your yields year in, year out, and really making those, you know, kind of those real-time adjustments to what we need to be putting back out there. In a lot of cases, you know, as they work with growers, it's kind of been a standard you know, we spread 150 pounds of potash, 100 pounds of DAP, and that's just our program. And maybe we're not, you know, back figuring some of those removals. And certainly in recent years where corn yields have just really continued to climb and climb, that re- those removal rates are, are maybe exceeding kind of our standard program that we've been doing for many years. And in some cases, you know, maybe we're, we're drawing back those soil tests, which is can, can really have a big impact on, on yield overall. You know, Ali, I'm thinking maybe we'll tweet out some of those removal things. You know, we'll shoot that out there in the show page or on our Twitter, um, kind of those calculations. So, so our listeners can kind of jump on that and do some calculation. But certainly it's something we want to take a, a really close look at here as we, we move into kind of wrapping up this fall. Absolutely. Fall, fall season. Absolutely. And along with kind of some of these spread rates, when we look at, you know, another key topic that we get questions on, should we, should we not be looking at a one or two year spread? What are kind of the pros and cons to each of those, you know, and obviously different from operation to operation, but what's your Oh, take? yeah, for sure. And, and there's a lot of growers that do two year spreads for P&K. And, and again, I'm a, a big advocate of doing annual application. You know, sometimes if I'm going to make an application this fall for, for P&K, that's got to carry, you know, say the next bean crop and the next corn crop. You know, the always challenging thing of that is, you know, what if that year one we get a really big crop? And are we going back out there to make adjustments where, you know, one thing I find in two-year spreads is sometimes you get a couple back-to-back years when we're really running a deficit on P&K, and sometimes that can really hurt that second crop. So in most cases, if we can really focus on taking a look at what a removal was doing annual applications, it seems like that's maybe helping yield overall. I know there's an extra trip, you know, maybe a, a 6 or $8 application charge, but year in, year out, we get the right nutrients in the right place, and overall um, we're going to make sure we're maximizing yields year in, year out. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Those are kind of our key topics for the for today. As we look towards next week, we want to dig a little bit more into some of the agronomic factors of the season and how they affected yield in 2019. And then we'll also start to look forward to more of some of the key planning factors around the 2020 crop.